0: Paganism should not be a ton of academic work. It never should have gotten to this point. But unfortunately, that's where we are, and we have to be the generation to get past it so future generations don't have to be doing this. Uh, this
1: is Hyperborean Radio Uncensored. I'm Celtic God, and across from me is the Lord Keeper. Hello, everybody. And we're going to talk to you today, with you,
0: with each other. We're going to do some talking today. We're going to be talky-talkers. And uh, first things first, thank you to everyone that supports us on Patreon, Buy Me a Coffee, or through other means. We really appreciate it, and it lets us know that you do appreciate our work. And actually, today we're going to talk about something that's a bit of near and dear to my heart, which is research. And how most people, when they get into ethnic ways, especially it seems our audience... Tripping over the word, because we're trying to fix our own vernacular. Yes, yes is you've probably realized by now, and you've probably had this kind of emotional reaction when you're reading well, a let, lot of Well, let me reason. rescue you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm going to
1: rescue you. Most people, when they first start trying to pursue an ethnic path, one of the first things that you do is you start cracking open books, surfing the web, et cetera, et cetera. And then you, you start hitting reading lists. And you're here because most likely because you've noticed a lot of these reading lists something seems wrong. it's off. you you might not know what it is but you
0: know that something isn't right. Congratulations, you're correct. Yes, because like I uh, part of what spawned the desire to talk about this is I finally cracked open a very common book that's usually on most people's recommended lists which is, the myths of the Norsemen. Oh, I and I, while I tried I, reading it. I tried. I was going down the list and just like reading sections, and I'm like, so this is where everybody's getting that problem. Like they'll they'll make statements that have no backing. They will, and it's it's like a laundry list. It was almost like if someone listed a lot of my major issues with where people are, how they write research, how they think, where they're getting their ideas. So I'm like. So, so this is where it's all coming from yeah and I've had that quote
1: uh that book quoted to me quite a bit, and I just explained to people it was written by universalists that didn't know what the fuck they was talking about, but mostly what we're going to be talking about is the red flags. You might not have realized that the red flags, but they are so well, we're we're going to talk about some of the the warning things like is is the thing written is are these opinion based and there's you can tell i mean. It's it's like the news. Most news is opinion based. So is it opinion based? Is there quotes? Are, are because a lot of books they'll put in, you know, like the little segments of stories or whatnot. I think even even the um, the myths of the Norsemen have uh, has quotes in there from various writings. Right? Yes. Except for they're very cherry picked, much like arguing with a Christian, for instance, and they'll use one verse. Um, I can't think of a book. Ver- uh, uh, okay. I'm going to make one up. Genesis 52:16 says, "Thou shalt tieth thy shoe twice." And it doesn't. They just kind of made it up or so seriously paraphrased it that it's just it has nothing to do with what it actually says or if they managed to get it actually correct because a lot of these will use actual quotes, so the quote is correct. But it's taken out of context because they don't use the whole and they do this so that they can present their weird ass ideas in a weird ass way and make it make sense. I believe it's called rationalization.
0: Yes. And here's the thing is it's this uh, this issue, this monotheist or universalist writing about paganism and sort of. Almost like Russian doll collapsing, each of the gods in on each other. This is nothing new. This isn't unique to any pantheon. They've done it with all the others. Well, uh, used some to, of the oldest ones was Greek. Oh yeah, they used to do it where like all the gods were Zeus, all the goddesses were Hera, and then they were like and the Zeus male was actually God. Yes, and Hera was just the feminine aspect of God. And, and I then think Heracles. True. Yeah, Heracles took the place of of
1: oily Josh.
0: Yeah, it's it's something they've done. Time and time again and sometimes it's done intentionally like there's actually like a, actually
1: most of the time I think it was yeah. done intentionally and they just try to disguise that
0: yes like uh, there's actually a famous Irish storyteller we won't name drop him because we're not fans of doing that but he actually admits that he will find more pagan stories and make them more Christian like spin it so like the little folk are evil. Or uh, things of that nature. And it's because he's Christian. So he doesn't really want to spread around pagan folklore, but he also doesn't want the folklore to die. right? So he's kind of taking that middle path. Yeah. And he's open about it, but he doesn't
1: bang that drum really hard because he doesn't want... Here's the truth of it. He doesn't want people to know, but I'm not a liar. So I have to let people know that I'm doing this. So it'll be like three or four seconds out of, what, of 40... A 40 minute video. So you have to actually be paying attention, otherwise you miss it.
0: Yes. Or uh, another good example is uh, Jacob Grimm. Mm -hmm. I actually have a lot of respect for the Grimm brothers. However, they were quite literally almost charged with heresy. Several times. And uh, if you read Teutonic mythology, which is... Uh, It's uh, another one that's quoted at me a lot. Yes. It has a lot of issues. But it's clear that the Grimm brothers, especially Jacob Grimm... They tried. They tried. But they knew about a lot more folklore involving the gods than they included in Grimm's fairy tales in the official
1: writings you can only find them in their notes but here's the thing is the approach that they took
0: it was monotheist oh yeah through and through and they they openly admit it oh yeah well it's the same with people that wrote down the Greek mythology people that wrote down the Finnish mythology Bucking Guido he starts his book with I am a monotheist I am a monotheist and uh, we're actually talking about the one true white God And uh, polytheism is just a way to control the masses or something, which is actually the inverse because every empire has always tended towards monotheism because it's actually easier to control people if they only have the one God. Right. Which means that they, they might actually
1: be putting out real stories. Probably are. If there's actually any stories at all, they might be putting out real stories. But. Their their analysis, I guess, because all these books, they have the analyses of the stories. Is run through that lens of a monotheist of. um, um, They start off with the premise like they, they might not even be a monotheist, I believe in many gods, but I, and they usually say this like right in the beginning parts of their their books and writings. I am not a monotheist, I believe in many gods, however as the Aztecs feared their gods or whatever the nonsense is, because I don't know if Aztecs feared their gods. Um, Anyways, as Aztecs feared their gods, I believe all men truly fear their gods, as reflected in Christianity and the phrase fear thy God. That means everything that they're going to write is run through that lens of fearing the gods. This is something when you look at our, our culture's the Hyperborean cultures, the Hyperborean history, you get back
0: far enough, we didn't fear our gods. Well, and that's actually something I've come across a lot, is the idea of we... let me prove that really quick. We didn't
1: fear our gods because, to paraphrase, what does the Celtic warrior fear? The sky falling upon his head. Nothing else. He didn't fear his gods.
0: No, there was no point. And this is true across the mythologies of... Europe and Hyperborea, but it's really pronounced still in the Celtic, which is the gods are an extended family. Mm -hmm. They're relatives. They're divine ancestors. They're ascended ancestors. It's a whole thing. They don't fear them because they're family. And like every good Celtic family, 95% of them are completely insane.
1: Am I wrong? You. You can't see me staring at him. Of course we're fucking nuts. <laughs> I mean it with all love. <laughs> you, you can't you can't have a
0: Celtic wedding without three people dying. <laughs> and most likely a war starting. Well, the reality is all of our people are nuts, especially when you try to compare us to all the other groups. Yeah. But the the Celts the Celts never tried to tone it down. It's a special brand. Yeah, well, it's basically you just never toned it down. Yeah. I mean, they used to comment on that, the the Celts are very wild. It, they did the same thing with several other groups, but it's kind of like the Celts are the most obvious, and then the rest of them are kind of speckled through Europe. But,
1: yeah, these. it's hard to do research without coming across opinions because we've read a lot of stuff written by, I don't know, J.P. Peepee guy. Uh, I don't know. it's It's early in the morning, man. I'm struggling. <laughs> I'm firing only on most of the neurons at the moment, not all of them. But we've read a lot of books to get store uh, stories and lore and um, historic perspectives, so on and so forth. Most of them will have opinion in them. Fortunately, the authors typically, right in the beginning in in the forward. Not the acknowledgement, but in the forward, the the, the author's pre notes will say exactly what lenses are running the information through. The further off base they are, the less that you take their opinions into consideration. There's been entire books where I read the forward and maybe some of the the intro, and then I just scan through it looking for because they're always hi, uh, highlighted somehow. The actual historic text. Read the historic text. They keep flipping ignore their their um their opinions, their analysis of it because they're monotheists, they believe that the people feared the gods that we were cannibals
0: and murderous monsters. well, it's actually another thing that people will bring up is not just the gods but people the the idea that the pagans feared their dead mm-hmm. and that's why they had all of these traditions. you know like the same traditions we have just kind of slightly different for the time period for. You know honoring our dead Mm -hmm. burying our dead laying our dead to rest and then they think that we feared them and then Christianity came and that's when we stopped fearing our, our dead except Christianity doesn't have the element of not fearing the dead it's it's this people want how everything is today to be representative of Christianity and not be a holdover from paganism. So they write from that perspective that everything was different before the coming of Christianity. So therefore, everything we have now is the result of it. And you can't make the mistake that everything has always been as as it is now. So both of these
1: mistakes are really commonly made. And one of the things for, well, pagans feared they're dead. Well, how do you explain the. Those bodies that, um, that they found, it was a grave, uh, not a single grave. It, there was multiple bodies like this that were buried, tied, tied into a fetal position inside of a bag with a rock in their mouth. Obviously, they were afraid of, of the bodies rising up and, and eating them, and it's proof that they thought vampires or zombies or something was real. Well, not necessarily. Let's try another route. This might not have been an honored graveyard because we bury the dead it's just what we do perhaps these were not good people or maybe it was representative of something from i don't know when we're in the womb there are a lot of possibilities and
0: i'm not going to pretend to know what it was well it's like um, let's go with something more recent The graves with like cages on top of them are like a weighted top. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Clearly, monsters that couldn't escape the grave. Yes, they were scared they were going to rise up and be zombies, basically. No, it was to stop grave robbers. I think it's even admitted that's why they were usually graves of. Well, if you look at
1: historic writings of the time, they will mention that's why they had to put a cage over top of the the grave. Sometimes it was, well, it was almost always, uh, yeah to prevent grave robbing but sometimes the grave had been be written this grave has been robbed three times we're tired of it and so we're just putting a cage over top of it so it's near, near impossible to rob this grave it's
0: not that they can't it's just they're going to make a lot of noise doing it well and part of the easiest way to sort of parse out the monotheistic idea of things from the more pagan idea is the fact that If you understand universalism and you understand Christianity and then you can filter that through while you while you're reading, because I've actually said this many times before. When you're researching, it's not downloading, it's debating, Mm -hmm. especially when you're dealing with opinion, because I'm not going to lie. There are some books I've read that are 90 percent opinion and 10 percent mentions of lore or history or stuff like that sometimes less sometimes less sometimes i've gotten nothing but one single kernel of gold out of like a 300 page book of garbage mm-hmm. but it does happen that's exhausting i won't lie it's one of my least favorite well, parts it's of it's research one of the issues that we have when people's like Can you recommend a good... No, there is no good book to read. We don't have a good book. It's like we... That's one of the reasons we say read primary sources, because if nothing else... Those are the best ones. Yes. But
1: they're usually boring and dry. Oh, yeah. Does that meet
0: the qualification of good? Well, it depends on what you mean by good. Well, and there's still issues within those, because you're still only getting a single viewpoint. It's just you're not going off of the idea this is truth. Mm -hmm. But that's one of the things you have to look out for. And actually, this is... A, uh, after doing research long enough into mythology, there are four things that are different, not just like mythology to mythology, but within the mythology that you can pretty much throw away. You can disregard it outside of like uh, outright, the specific just story.
1: outright disregard. You're going to talk about that. Yes. Less, right. Okay. Uh,
0: OK. These for anyone who's doing research. Pay these attention. Are the, these are the major red flags. Genealogies. Genealogies of the gods change area to area, time period to time period, context to context. Uh, A god that is considered primordial in one tradition will be hero in another is hero. So not even a god like a a divine human, uh, uh, like a a mortal that was just grand. Like uh, an example would be Achilles. Achilles, depending on where you are, is always been a god. Is an ascended god, so a hero who turned into a god, god by being grand, a hero, or in some cases he's a spirit. So it's like... whichever never one's... existed, yes. but was also never a god. Yes, so he's... Which one is he? Well, he's Achilles. Yes. That's why we say it doesn't fully matter. But then, because that's just how he's seen. Now let's look at genealogies. So like... Eros uh, better known by the Roman name uh, that he was fused into which is and Cupid. using Greek just simply because it's the most common it's the most common you have um, oh what is it but you have basically Eros the god of love is primordial he's one of the first deities that existed and life basically spawns from him conjoining with I think it's Erebus and Nix but I might be mixing those two up but then there's also versions where he's the son of Aphrodite which is like four generation three or four generations down, depending on the tradition from where he is in another story tradition, and then there's and this is partly why you can't well, take the genealogy' hera, hera his mother might be uh who's
1: the goddess that you just mentioned uh, Aphrodite Aphrodite has got uh, the genealogy doesn't matter unless it's actually um
0: pertinent to that particular story yes like it's uh Like a story of Asclepius' birth. Okay, Uh, Apollo is his father in that one because it's relevant to the story. But in reality, uh, Asclepius is an ascended god. In any other story, it doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't really matter, It probably wasn't even a thing. Probably, because the literary tradition, it's a lot like the actual folklore of Paul Bunyan versus the stories of Paul Bunyan. Mm -hmm. So that's just the genealogies. It's why you can't. Like yeah. you can't take how one is set up and really don't pay no attention to them. Well, even in the Norse, um, the different gods will have completely different parentages. Like sometimes Tyr is the son of giants, sometimes he's the son of Odin, and on and on and on. There are stories where like Vídar and Vali aren't born really till Baldur's already dead, and then there's stories where Baldur and Vídar are in the same story. There's the genealogies, the, the when someone was born is completely and utterly irrelevant. Mm-hmm. And really, it's because that's just not how things work. That's one of the four things you can just throw right out. Don't take it at face value. It doesn't matter. Really, it doesn't. Number two, the king of the gods. This is a leader because sometimes it's female. I won't mm-hmm. lie. Sometimes it's female. Very, not in any king, of the Chieftain, leader. Le- the, uh, any of those words. It, do, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, well, modern English gender is the word king, but it used right. to be gender neutral. Just, just like chieftain. Or you, you didn't used to, used to have chieftain and chiefess, you just had chieftain. But that's the other thing that you can throw right out. It's not that you don't take that into account with the stories you're reading, or with that particular story that mentions it directly. Yes. But really, it changes all the time, region to region, time period to time period. And it's usually actually representative of a political and social climate of the time. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't, uh, one of the biggest examples of this is actually the Celts, because they don't have a king of the gods. People will usually pick one. but it, Well, they have a king of the gods, but it's many kings. Yes, and that's the other thing. It's almost like various chieftains, and then they're not even I always in they, charge. We, we do it right. We don't have one king. Of the gods. We got all of them are yeah. kings of the gods. Well, every king. Uh, not every king. Well, yes, every yeah, king. every king. Let's use the word correctly. Every king or every god, whichever, is a king of someone, is a chieftain of some people. Morgan, queen of the fae. Is that not...
1: you? And to do it correctly, which the, the title queen shows its later period, but queen of the fae. It should actually be king of the Fey. Is that not a king? Especially considering many of the Fey are gods. But then you also have um, Brez. You have Nuada. You, you have, have the Dogda. Dogda. All of these are kings. Mananan, yes, uh, uh, and more. They're all kings. Actually, it just depends on which story, which
0: time, where, when, how,
1: who's the telling content? the damn
0: story. Well, and you're going to have a, even though there's a massive overlap of the gods of like the British Isles and the Irish and even the continent, they have various differences one to the other. They're not the exact same because the people aren't going to represent it the same. It's like in Scotland, they're actually notable because they're one of the few places I have found it where the quote unquote official leader of the gods is female. It's Bera. But then unless it's her husband or her brother or her son. Or, 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 or. Yeah. And that's the thing, is you can't really take it at face value. That's the other thing. Uh, third thing, and actually I'll group these together, third and fourth thing. The creator of humans and the creator of the world. These two things change constantly. The myth doesn't even stay consistent, so it's not just swapping out the gods. It's It changes, and I think it's because... It's the through line thing.
1: Well, let's take the perceived Scandinavian. Ask Many of, of the people in the audience, whether, whether you follow the Norse pantheon or not, I'm sure, or the, the Eddas or not, I'm sure you've heard the story. Asking uh, Odin carving logs, breathing uh, the, li- uh, the life into the logs, so on and so forth. Very reminiscent of Adam and Eve. But there's other Scandinavian folklore that talks about the spirits of the people of humans being pulled out of the forest, walking out of the forest. It all translates to meaning we come from the forest, the particular story of the creation. But your warning, your red flag is let's pick a random guy. I'm going. This is just bullshit, but it's it's important bullshit because it's an example and I want it to be wrong. Uh, the one one almost for sure not being credited with such things let's say Fenrir Fenrir he's out howling at the moon one night and he's very lonely so he decides to make some playmates and with his magical howl he howls deep into the forest and he pulled the spirits of man who was asleep within the trees to come forth so that he might play with them It's a bullshit story, but I am crediting
0: Fenrir with the creation of man. Well, and that's the thing, is it doesn't really matter. I mean, it's a nice story, I think, for being
1: made up on the spot. It is. Man comes from the forest, so I'm following the theme. Man comes from the forest, and they're called forward. The deity that does it, uh, take that with a huge grain of salt, and, and... it might be a wonderful story, you might like the story, and that 's fine to like the story, but do not
0: take that as this is what it was. no, 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 well, and if a mythology bothers to have a creation story, typical uh, a creation story with people. They actually have groups of people like tribes like uh, Tolkien actually did it right where he has like groups of elves and like groups of dwarves. One of the groups he borrowed
1: from the Greek and uh, they sprung forth like flowers. I'm not sure which group it was. It could have been elves or humans. I don't know. But yeah, he did it right. He did it actually
0: in the Hyperborean tradition. Well, and the thing is, is which God is attributed? Well, it's either the one that's politically viable because it automatically places them in a very high position or it's probably the god that is most beloved by the people. Like in Hesh, Frau Hala, a very popular goddess in that area. or Used to be anyways. It Used to be. Uh, she is credited with creating man. And here's the interesting thing. is In that area, she is an old woman from the front and a tree from the back. Kind of like a moss maiden Sexy. a little bit. So basically, you got the, the forest element again. So there is this through line. This through line of we're from the forest, but it's being represented in different ways because of the fact that each tribe is going to remember that this is one important element. We come from the forest because it helps us understand who we are, why we do the things we do, why we appreciate the things we do, why when we go to the forest, we're back home. Why not to destroy the forest? Why to respect the forest? And all these things that we actually find very, very valuable. I mean, most right. the, the, the point of the story, uh, the who is less important. Well, it's odd because with gods, we always say the who is very important, but with uh, events, it's a little less important. And then um, the fourth thing, the creation of the world. It's because that story changes all over the place. There, there, it's 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 usually symbolic. Is the way I describe it at best. Like um, the famous one from Iceland. Mm-hmm. Muspelheim and Niflheim and right. the It's dew. a beautiful story. Yes. It's also from a volcanic island where hot lava constantly spews out magma. Yeah. Magma. Actually, when it's underground, it's called magma. You know, that whole thing. <laughs> so you have the lava coming out, magma, whichever. And Basically, when it hits the cool air, when it hits the The land of steam. Yes. Niflheim, the land of steam. Or mist. mist. Yes, you get land. It's it's actually, for Iceland, a very smart way to represent the creation Mm -hmm. of a landmass. It's also why Surtur is so important in Iceland, because he's the god of the volcano there. Right, and it creates the land. And then uh, the
1: Celts have their version with the giant. The Scots have a version with another giant. Um, There's an actual there's another version in scandinavia folklore um she created the oceans uh between the the land masses and several islands and these stories are everywhere and they're they're different stories and they're wonderful stories it's not don't dismiss the stories or we're not saying dismiss the stories but don't Write them down or don't take them as this is the only story and this is the true story and
0: proof
1: of the superiority
0: of Bera. Well, let's actually take a take a note from the Christians, oddly enough, because the Christians, for all their faults, were very good at recognizing when something was pagan because they Mm -hmm. usually wanted to ixnay that they have described folklore and fairy tales as the pagan Bible. Notice that they call the folklore and fairy tales the pagan Bible. They don't call the Eddas. They don't call the the Tain or the Book of Invasions the pagan. Or any Bible. particular book. No, just the folklore and the fairy tales. Period. Across the board, all of them, mm-hmm. whether it's uh, collected in a collection like um, well, well, and now take into consideration,
1: they had control over what was printed, what was bound. Oh yeah, that's what I was. And they
0: still allowed some of these books to be printed. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of examples of people, like we said with Jacob Grimm. He was charged with heresy. Mm-hmm. He had stories of the gods. He couldn't print them. I'm surprised he got and away with giving. They,
1: and yet they still allowed him to write some of them. It doesn't mean that those aren't va- valid. Mm-hmm. No, it means that they, they allowed this group of, of, of stories to be written, placed together in a book because it actually depowered them, made them
0: more in line with, with uh, the Holly Bible. Yes, and that's the thing, is I'm actually surprised that I've read multiple versions of uh, Grimm's Fairy Tales, mm-hmm. and I'm surprised Mother Hala got in there, because it's a pretty blatant goddess. I'm surprised they let her in there. It, they probably didn't realize it. You probably snuck her in. Probably. But um, and it's probably because they didn't quite know who she was. And I respect th- the living fuck out of the Grimm brothers, but
1: that w- w- what's, what is their... Uh there it's basically a tome it's four books uh what's that Uh, teutonic mythology yes it's not a fucking bible
0: no No, there's there's a lot of they make
1: a lot of
0: assumptive errors they make straight out the gate well they make a lot of good points and they make a lot of really bad points and i can't their points really aren't worth worth, worth reading what's worth reading is the stories that they reference that's actually true, because I've read most of Teutonic mythology. This, they have a lot of references to stories, customs, things that are valuable. And if you can read German as well, especially the dialect they spoke in, which I know is rare because the language has been royally fucked. If they're speaking to you, seek
1: medical attention immediately. <laughs> but,
0: uh, <laughs> well, you see, the, Jake, the Grimm brothers speak to me from beyond the grave, and I must... You know, that whole thing. Yes. But, no, it's... Those... There are so many stories, so many stories, and I love our folklore. I love our fairy tales, even the stuff that's been fucked with, mm-hmm. but, but it's been, been fucked with. That's the thing we have to start with.
1: Well, and here's here's uh, uh, another thing. Like we used opinions as a red flag, right? Opinions can be interesting to read. I've read some stuff. It was almost all opinion, but it was interesting opinion. I didn't agree with all of the opinion that was written, but it was interesting opinion. But I understood one thing that a lot of people right now struggle with. I knew it was opinion, and I read
0: it as opinion. Well, and here's the thing is like just an example of how opinion can be interesting. Philosophy. Mm -hmm. Philosophy is an entire genre of opinion. Yeah. Which is
1: why some... 100% across the board from beginning to end, philosophy is opinion. The opinion of Marcus Aurelius, the opinion of... Plato, the opinion of Voltaire, the opinion of pick a philosopher, Julio Kaiser. Yes. I, I don't know why. I just love saying his name that way. It's probably actually closer to how it was said. Quite
0: possibly. And yeah, it's there's so many wonderful things in our folklore. And it's why I always get excited when people ask about it. But there's also the element of. There are all these pitfalls. They are designed to make you actually we've had multiple people, especially you, who have admitted to us that they read the Eddas and then they went back to Christianity because the Eddas proved. Christianity. Well, as a matter of fact, YouTube, uh, it was it probably still is full of
1: videos talking about how they left Christianity. I grew up a Baptist or a not a pedestrian uh, Presbyterian. Yes. Or something like that? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Presbyterian, what, whatever the denomination was. whatever, Whichever cult of Christianity it was. And they're like, and then I per- started pursuing ethnic religion because I wanted to get closer to the roots. And I did all this study, and I I read everything, and I started doing comparisons, and it led me back to Catholicism. This is That's why the books are, are one, if it, depending on age, were allowed to exist. The other, why they're arranged in the way that they're arranged it's to mimic this to lead you back to these conclusions
0: that catholicism is right well and they didn't have to just overly fuck with things they no, just had no, to just, tweak things just hearing. enough well it's like um the Prozeta quite literally starts with and you actually were handed the Prozeta as a kid and you were like this is a christian book yeah why did it, you hand this to me because it literally starts with the bible be right yo yeah and then the first big story, which I think is gill at least well, in the, and that in wasn't the literally it, paraphrased, paraphrased, but paraphrased it effectively starts, starts with, with that. The Bible be right, yo. But um, the uh, the first big story or group of stories, Gil Fagening in the um, prose, edit, at least the version I have actually at the end of that section. The gods basically are like, oh, we played such a good trick on these mortals. Now, which one of us should be Thor and which one of us should be Odin? And then they started picking names. It's or. uh Well, lo- one of the issues is like, also, I guess here, here's another one.
1: The multiple name fallacy. It's not that some of the guys didn't have multiple names or nicknames. I mean, shit, we do. Oh, yeah. Uh, not just you and me, but everybody listening. We all have multiple names. We. We. We have our first name, our middle name, our middle name, our middle name, depending on which country we're from, our surname and our surname. Again, and our depending other on surname. Depending on <laughs> which country we're from. Oh, like the Spaniards. They right. got like 12 last names. And yet everybody calls you Tank. So here's another name. But not everybody calls you Tank because some of the people from when you was a little kid might call you Fish. And why do they call you Fish? Because you liked fish sticks. It doesn't matter. So, yes, many of
0: the gods do have multiple names. Usually they're epithets. Well, and then the issue that people have is then they use that as an excuse that another god is the same as that god because they have multiple names. Well, like
1: if my nickname was Fish because I liked fish sticks and your nickname was Fish because you like to go fishing. Does that make both fishes the same person? Obviously, the answer is no. At least this should be obvious. I think our voices are different enough the so you can't necessarily go by the epithets either it it, is and it's not confusing it really isn't it's not as confusing and, and intimidating as people think but realize and you said this earlier these are our ancestors take into consideration where the the stories are from when they might have been told or written down because we're reading them that we don't have bards singing them to us from, you know, uh, the early Middle Ages. So take these things into consideration and enjoy the damn story. It's it's not a freaking Bible. It's not a holy text. It's a, it's a holy text, but it's not a holy text. One of the, the reason why I bring that up is because people will quote like one of the foundations of. Odin, the All-Father, the Father of All, and all the other gods are uh, aspects aspects, or whatever. You. aspects of, of, of himself as he divided himself up in the very hindu way. The list of 200 names. They know Yorgi, the World Serpent. And I'm not even going to try and say his whole name because I always, slot, I always say it backwards. But the World Serpent is one of his names. He is also Fenrir. He is also Thor. He is also Bragi. He is also... And not necessarily because they use the name. Sometimes they do. So, like, I believe Broggy is actually one of his other names in that list of 200 names, 200 plus names.
0: Oh, yeah. He uh, well, sometimes it's the
1: other gods epithets.
0: Well, if you look at his list of names and you take it as every figure with this name is Odin. The very first story, like I just mentioned... My favorite one. Yes, where it's Odin talking to Odin about Odin, but Odin needs to know about Odin, so Odin calls over other Odin and other Odin. I like Odin the way to. I tell it better. Odin wants to know about Odin. So but Odin, so Odin goes to Odin to ask but, Odin about Odin. But Odin doesn't know enough about Odin, so Odin goes and gets two more Odins. He, he,
1: goes, he calls his brothers Odin and Odin so that they can discuss Odin, so that they can describe Odin to Odin. And if you use all the names in that list of names for Odin, and then replace every one of the characters, character names, with the name Odin. That's the story that you end up with. Odin wants to know about Odin, so Odin goes to Odin in Odin's Hall. But Odin doesn't know everything about Odin. So Odin calls his brothers Odin and Odin, so that they might describe Odin, or discuss Odin, because Odin doesn't remember everything about Odin. Which is why he has to talk to his brothers, Odin and Odin, so that they can figure out who Odin is, so that they can describe Odin to Odin, so that Odin can share his story with the
0: people. Yes. What the fuck? Well, and here's the thing is, we've had a lot of interactions with people online and in day-to-day life, and it's actually one of the things we've noticed is... Face-to-face, most people realize when
1: they do, because I've met people face-to-face that take that silly stuff like that, at face value, and they run with it, and... Here's my problem with it. They preach it. But then they meet me face to face. And they have a conversation and they realize, oh, yeah. Yeah. They realize themselves just by the expression on my face. Just how stupid the thing is that they're saying. And that was a mistake for them to take it literally. Well, and the other issue.
0: Oh, why is there this particular list of names? Well, it's like uh, common sense isn't so common anymore. It's actually something. You'd be surprised how much like bullshit dog, you can avoid. Sense, died. Yes. Well, you'd be surprised how much just taking a little bit of common sense can get you through the bullshit. Like we had a friend who um, was talking about, I think this was something from someone on YouTube that he got. But basically the the taking taking the antler. This is what Sir Nenos represents. You take the antler and you dig into the grave so that you can ceremoniously rob the grave or something like that. And I'm like... Why would you... Okay, even if you were going to dig into your ancestor's grave, which did happen, yep. because it's well, like... That's kind of what they're for. Yeah, that's what you put belongings in there for, is it's if your family needs it down the line. Hopefully they don't, but if they do, it's, a little, it it's a little nest egg. Your hands would work better. A stick would work better. A sharp rock would work better than a deer antler. Yes, I mean, if you were going to use any part of the deer, I would assume either the hoof, because they'll dig with the hoof... So just like have you know a severed freaking deer leg, or the skull itself, because at least you can shovel stuff with it. It wouldn't work very well, yeah. but it does a thing. He
1: got very angry for a moment, and then he got over it, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that was pretty dumb."
0: Yes, and it's like uh, this happens a lot with us actually. Is someone will be talking to us, and we'll be like, "Wait, think about it from this perspective," and then they have a like a deer in the headlights look for a little bit. And then they clearly think about it, and they're like, "Ah, fuck, you're right." Mm-hmm. Like uh, you just were talking to somebody who's uh, really into Vikings, yeah. And he was going on about Odin, and then you're like, "Well, o- well, the reason that the Vikings venerated Othin because you specifically, de- yeah, I
1: described the the D, which he was aware of the the, the funny D, D actually makes a th sound, which makes it Othin. But Othin, the beggar king, and he's like,
0: "Ah, oh, shit, that makes so much sense because." The Vikings are shouting Othan, but the Vikings aren't warriors. They're they're pirates. Desperate. They're yeah, raiders. They're pirates. Well, and just like most pirates and raiders, the the people that usually go do it are, are
1: desperate. usually
0: desperate. They're desperate. They're That's... not.
1: They're not going pirate because everything is going just swimmingly. No, it's a dangerous profession at the very
0: least. Yes, and you might be backed by someone of of the. Uh, H- higher status. Yeah. You, you know, much like... Think in governmental terms.
1: Because w- governments actually did this and still do do this. Would They do do it. And it's shit, just like it sounds like. But they will... Okay, they want this thing done that they themselves cannot do because it's going to disrupt their enemy or give them more power or they just want to... Whatever. Whatever the reasoning is. And they're like, okay... These people, they're desperate and they're willing to go do this thing, but it can't be in an official sense because it'll start a war. But they need equipment. Okay, this is what I'll do (coughs) I will quote unquote sell them stuff Uh, the armaments and the weapons and the ships, and then they go do the thing and then they pay me back for it. Well, there's also this is currently going on all around the world right now where selling arms to this country or that
0: country, because they're going to pay us back. We aren't actually involved. Or privateers is another uh, historical example of this. But that's one of the things that it makes a lot of things make sense the moment you realize what the Vikings actually were. It doesn't actually require you to be like, well, you see, they didn't venerate Odin. We never argue that. No, no we argued argue that they did quite but, often venerate Othan. But, but they did. didn't. But the the vantage point people are looking at it from is incorrect. Yeah, they're looking at it from all Father Yahweh figure. We're saying no, the Beggar King, the Raider, the well, when you the can thief when you can find depictions of Asgard that's literally heaven in the clouds. Mm-hmm. Well, and I was discussing it like Odin's um Odin's
1: Hall Valhalla. I doubt that it was named, but okay, let, let's run on the assumption they actually did bother naming it because I am more. Familiar with the Celtic way of doing things, the, the halls aren't named. But let's let's say that they did actually name the hall, and they named Othens Hall Valhalla. Okay, now take into consideration who his favorite people are. He is the god of the hanged man, the hanged man. Who are the people that get hanged? Okay, now take all of these people and put them in a building and. Turn up the music because there's musicians there too. crank up the music, get the booze flowing, get the the drugs going and just let them go. There's going to be fights and there's going to be deaths and parties and stuff. And then at night they get together and have a feast. I'm not changing anything about Valhalla and I don't think that they did. I think what they did was change the perspective that you look at it. I'm looking at it. As a cup that holds
0: liquid, they're looking at it as a cup put away in a shelf. Well, and actually, Valhalla is part of a larger trend that seems to happen, especially when either empire. So they need uh, heaven. They need a reward. They need a reward. So like uh, in the Greek. And they also need punishment. Yes. Hell changed. Yes. Well, the same thing happened in the Greek. Hades became more and more about torment, even though it wasn't originally. And Elysium, which was originally basically the meadow of the ancestors, increasingly became this, specifically like Valhalla, a place for heroes to go. And what it is, is it's this it's it became heaven. Yes, it becomes this way of getting people to be willing to die for the empire is to give them this idea of if you die on the battlefield, you get to go to this place. But everybody else is going to go to this horrible well, you, place you have
1: to die bravely and the set conditions on it like you have to uh die bravely in battle defending like so you can't just go out
0: to battle and die no you have to die bravely you have to die fighting well and a lot of it actually comes down to with greece it seems to have been a symptom of empire because mm-hmm. empire usually likes the carrot and the stick method but a lot of european groups and tribes were mil- heavily militarized because they were constantly in war with mm-hmm. Christianity. The same thing happened in the Baltic. I don't know if they have the afterlife that way, but it's also why certain gods became really, really prominent in the north because I'm sure everybody's noticed that by the time the church rolls around, the gods that tend to be emphasized were war gods. That was, there was a reason for well, that.
1: Well, here's another thing. A later period. And th- this does go with the red flags, by the way. So just kind of helping you see how to kind of navigate through the red flags. And the older stories, and y- with enough practice, you learn to tell the older ones from the newer ones. You, you learn how to do it. I learned how to do it. You read enough lore, you begin being able to parse out which ones are older or which ones are newer. Doesn't devalue either one or make one more valuable than the other but in the older stories uh, older hyperborean stories not everyone gets an afterlife some people just die and that's it other people die and then they do get an afterlife and typically a lot of them will have something like the middle of the ancestors where if you if you do get an afterlife everybody goes there and then from there you might be invited because even in greece it was this way you'd go to elysium if you had an afterlife you'd Go to Elysium and then Zeus or uh, Hades or Poseidon might come to Elysium because they heard of your grand escapades and invite you into their hall, into their home, into their house. There's different wordings. But in later periods, when you get the heaven hell dichotomy, everyone
0: has an afterlife regardless. And either you go to the good place or you go to the bad place. Oh, yeah. It starts becoming a dichotomy, and it's because dichotomies are easy because, like, we've discussed this before. There's an us in a them. Mm-hmm. That's natural. That's human nature. But the good and evil, that's something that comes later. The good and the bad. Like, there's bad for you, like your tribe, and there's good for your tribe. But these aren't evils or goods in the sense of, like, a grand greater scheme. But empire thrives on simplicity it's why it tends to whittle away language it's why it tends to simplify mythology it's why like in america for instance let's go with that they are trying to remove these broader elements of our culture and even our spirituality because Mm -hmm. like there are figures who have been venerated in the past in the united states and still are like columbia paul bunyan johnny appleseed uh, even Finn McCool and older European gods. like, oh, And they're uh, trying to narrow
1: them. down the stories and streamline them and, and or say that they didn't even have any.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, like almost every um, homegrown American hero cult or uh, local god cult or whatever, they're claiming never existed. Like if you notice, almost every folk hero that's famous in America is classified as either historical and evil or fictional. And then that turns grandma
1: and grandpa and to liars yes. yes but grandma and grandpa told me these stories of of Paul Bunyan Pucks Phil let's roll with him because I just like him today grandma and grandpa told me these stories of Pucks Phil but every uh, but the academics the, the historians the people that know what they're talking about said that these stories didn't exist until 1924 and they're telling me stories that they said that their parents told them of Puxitani Phil.
0: They're lying to me. Why would my grandparents lie to me?
1: No, 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 that's exactly backwards.
0: Well, and actually, here's a fun fact. So Puxitani Phil is like um, the oracles of Apollo because um, the the various prophet groundhogs are the prophets or the, the seers or whatever or the the oracles of the groundhog just the groundhog mm-hmm. and there actually is in um pennsylvania dutch culture especially at uh men's lodges there is the cult of groundhogism and because of Puxat- and that's actually what it's called yes i'm not even making that up the ground and here's the fun fact is pucks Puxat- tony phil's fame got so high particularly due to groundhog day the movie but it was relatively he was relatively famous before then uh that they've actually done mock plays where they hang a effigy of Puxitani Phil because he is distracting from the one true groundhog. That's awesome. Yes. So it's they it Puxitani Phil is like it's like the oracle of Delphi for Apollo. Mm-hmm. Like he is um very clearly just uh he's more famous than the groundhog, but the groundhog is like. The groundhog that's in all the groundhogs. He's like a totem He's animal. the spirit of the groundhog. The seer of seers. He's the... He is a deity. You can actually mm-hmm. see it, actually, when you look at pictures of people who are the the handlers of the inner circle of Puxitani Phil. Mm-hmm. They are actually treating this groundhog and looking at him with adoration. They absolutely love this freaking groundhog. Yeah. It, it seems silly to some people, but they truly do. And... That's the thing is nobody would try to say well you see the groundhog is actually Apollo or something like well, that. It's
1: here, here's another uh, another important thing and you struggled with it for a while. Even I struggled with it for a while. Don't worry about the academics or the academically minded taking you serious because real academics don't fucking agree with each other on anything no whenever somebody says academics agree they're full of shit oh yeah that's one of the amateurs agree
0: yes the reality is um just an example of actually this is twofold how harshly academics will disagree and how christianized our sciences and our, our research has been for a long time in the victorian era there's a famous situation of a debate and they're arguing, what did the serpent do before it was forced to crawl on its belly? You know, like the story from the Adam and Eve. And one person argued that it coiled its tail and bounced around. And one person lost their shit and started throwing tables around and screaming, Satan is not a fucking pogo stick. Right, well, and the thing is, is,
1: I know what conversation you're talking about. They wasn't even talking about Satan what they was talking about was the snake and evolution and it was supposed to be a scientific discussion on evolution then it turned into satan is isn't a fucking pogo stick it's
0: there it is there they can't not do it yes it's their perception of certain things is just colored by this it's the same reason that all the races have to be the same Mm. that we all have to have come from adam and eve and it's why the world is sick right now yes Yes. the universal i talk to a lot of non-whites and
1: it's amazing the things that we agree on like it doesn't take me about a couple minutes like i talk to to other hyperboreans i can i can hear the air suck out of the atmosphere as their anuses pucker up because they're so uncomfortable with the things i'm saying but oddly when i talk to to uh Non Hyperboreans, and I'll start talking about universalism and how it is a sickness in the world and it's making everybody sick. All the people sick. It's killing everyone. They pause for about three
0: seconds and they're like, "You know what? You're right." Well, and they actually get excited when we talk about how we are trying to get our ethnic ways back. Mm -hmm. And here's here's the odd thing when you and they're oddly supportive of it. Oh yeah, they're supportive of it, but this is actually really common. This is what they'll do is. They'll take a look at you and they'll be like, not Wiccan, not the Viking thing. You're not talking about that Aryan stuff, are you? And they'll actually be like, I'm looking at you and I can tell you're not one of these odd things I've dealt with before. Mm -hmm. And then you basically explain it like, ah, real ethnic stuff. Right.
1: And and doesn't take but and I think what is because they're willing to actually have a conversation with me, probably because I'm not one of them. So it's an. It's one of those exciting moments. I got to talk to a bear. A real bear was speaking to me. Of course you're going to listen. You're going to be more open to what the bear is saying. And I think that's what it is. So when I I say things like follower of ethnic ways and and, in my research, I've found that not just us, but every ethnic group starts
0: off with the assumption we are all completely different species. Oh, yeah. You've had entire conversations with like uh, Samoans mm-hmm. that are like, oh, thank you. Somebody finally said it because yeah. it's like they had to keep their mouth shut the entire time they were in North America. And then they met you and like, finally. Right. Or, or the, the South Americans or the Japanese guy that or, the, at, Chinese, or the northern Chinese fella I met or Africans or all these other things. And all of us have different gods. And this is the thing that this is actually one of the things that's really different from ethnic ways versus a universalism universalism has there's the one true religion mm-hmm. ethnic ways are these are our gods yes you have your own gods and they're valid i guess but these are our gods i don't really care about your gods mm-hmm. it's like myself uh i actually believe that the, like the japanese gods amaterasu are as real as ours they're just they're the just, japanese gods Yeah. And I don't know enough about Amaterasu to tell you much about her other than she seems to be right, a sun and even goddess. if you did know a lot, it doesn't make Amaterasu
1: one, one of, of our ours. gods.
0: So, therefore, you don't venerate Amaterasu. Well, Amaterasu. I have gotten so many Christians just flabbergasted when I'm like, oh, oh dude, yeah. Yeah, it shuts them right up. I know right
1: where you're going with it.
0: Because I will tell them, oh, yeah, I believe in your God. I just believe he's a liar. Well, and actually, I believe no, his priests are liars. Right, and then watch their
1: they they fish mouth they're so
0: shocked it's like i'll tell them oh yeah like jesus is like some kind of solar wizard that builds tables he's jewish merlin and he's a hit at parties because all you have to do is have water he's going to create the wine now is it good wine i don't know but if you drink enough of it it doesn't matter oh that's that's true of any alcohol exactly Except, (laughs) except rubbing alcohol well even then
1: It doesn't matter for a brief moment in time. (laughs) And then after that, nothing matters.
0: Well, and the reason this gets me so, 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 you know, is when I first started looking into the ethnic ways, Mm -hmm. I was actually really young. I was in high school and I was looking specifically for the German ways because that was my ancestry and when I was digging into it, all I found was Viking stuff. Mm-hmm. And then even when I found like a lead on Germanic stuff, well, it's like, well, it's like Viking stuff, but there's less of it. Right. Well, and, and so much of the Viking stuff is misrepresented. It's oh, not that it's wrong; it's misrepresented. Well, and also I'm. There is overlap because this is how how uh, gods work more or less. They're, they have ranges, mm-hmm. and those ranges are not defined by modern national boundaries. But on the same token, they're not infinite. So like there might be a lot of overlap on the northern coast of Germany because there's constant sea trade and constant traffic and conversation about gods. But you get like into the mountainous regions, you're gonna hit less and less commonality and that's where I'm descended from. Mm -hmm. So I don't really have overly connection to most of the Scandinavian gods, which is why in high school, I'm not a Viking. I know I'm not a Viking. So I kind of just put it away and put it as like a maybe. Maybe Maybe. I'll look into this in the future. And then I went to college and I met, for the first time in my life, Wiccans. And I was done. Wonderful people. I was (laughs) done. I was done after meeting them. I was like, you are some of the most unfortunate, crazy people I've met in my entire life. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to pretend that's everybody that labels themselves a Wiccan. But those are the ones I met. Mm-hmm. and then it took me and they come in a spectrum like a, a, any like other every group. other group but it took me almost a, actually yeah pretty much a decade almost before I was before I started looking at it again mm-hmm. and
1: yeah so congratulations when you noticed something was wrong you was correct
0: yes that's the thing I want people to understand is when you're looking at these things and you're like why the frick did Thor just you know punt a freaking dwarf into a fire and it
1: might actually be part of the story but the way that's presented in that particular story and then what somebody's opinion is on that doesn't necessarily mean that much you need to what is the perspective that they're coming from what is the basis of their opinion are they a monotheist are they yeah are they uh, an occultist are they universalist of some some version are they starting from the presumption that the gods were actually mortal people. Are they starting from the presumption of they've always been gods, and this thing is completely separate from human beings? Are they starting from the perspective of humans feared their gods? Are they starting from the perspective of humans uh, 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 prostrated themselves before the gods? What what is their perspective? So this is what's forming their opinion on the story it, when they give an opinion very little of what we if you go back and listen through our podcasts, we give very little opinion and most of most of the time we will even state this is our opinion. Well and uh, otherwise we're backing it up with things. And you could argue, well that is just opinion. OK, and on that note, then, if you want to make that argument, everything in life in the world is merely an opinion. And therefore, from your perspective, has no value or, or it all value. has value. Yes,
0: that's its equivalent value. Yeah. Well, so, and, mm. well, and I have had so many people, so many people when they when they are first trying to look into ethnic ways because our people want it. They want it. But like uh, we had people talk about how we've actually had multiple people ask us the question, why is Celtic spirituality so effeminate? It's not. No, it's actually a hyper masculine.
1: It's hyper. Look at the lore and customs themselves. It's hyper fucking
0: masculine. Well, it's it's hyper aggressive. Almost everything is a war. Someone dies in every story. Well, the, the
1: overall presentation is hyper masculine
0: and very war oriented some of it
1: some of it is extremely feminine and again war
0: oriented it's well,
1: almost all war oriented well, when you look
0: at the actual stories well and it's the um bias of viewpoint mm-hmm. because the reason that celtic spirituality seems so effeminate is because the primary pract- it, well yeah that's what I was going to say it's not
1: actually the the celtic um stories stories it's the people
0: that's well, it's following them, I say, very loosely. Well, the reality is, is ethnic ways, it changes person to person. And there is actually, we've discussed this before, there is a masculine side to it, a feminine side to it. So a woman's side and a man's side and even a children's side. Mm-hmm. You're not going to have it done the same way by any of these three. Well, and then when you have insane
1: feminists... Pushing uh, the Celtic stuff and twisting everything to the way that they want the world to be and to have always been.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, like when of I'm. Of course, fi- everything's
1: going to turn really hyper feminine and weird and crazy. and
0: Well, like uh, someone will say, the, Odin, the. I've actually seen this. Odin, the best student of the great witch goddess. What? Yeah, which one? Which witch goddess? Well, and witch god just means a god of the witch cults, which were just agrarian cults of rural people that didn't even realize they were pagan half the time yeah because it was just how they always how they always did yo
1: right and uh (laughs) i gotta stop saying that opens up into a whole nother conversation but we've actually finally reached the hour mark so uh yeah i hope that we gave you guys some some things to uh, think about highlighted some of the red flags some of the ways to approach this things to watch out for things to consider and that you just enjoy yourself enjoy life and um
0: let's be the best people that we can be and i will just say you're not wrong for noticing all these issues throughout the lore like it's almost like it's breadcrumbs designed to lead you back to where you were this is by design the trick is to be true to yourself be true to your people and you have to think about this stuff and I know that our audience is the type to do that. Um, here's the reality of it is, is by all rights, paganism should not be a ton of academic work. It never should have gotten to this point. But unfortunately, that's where we are. And we have to be the generation to get past it. So future generations don't have to be doing this. Lorekeeper out.